You might even act a little bit of this out. We're going to Matthew chapter 10. And I want to... How'd it go today, Ian? You have a great time up there. Oh, fantastic. Man, fantastic. Had a great time this morning too. Well, I want to just share something about delegated authority. That's going to be a blessing for you. Going to be real helpful. I want you to have a look with me in Matthew chapter 10. Beginning of Matthew chapter 10, end of Matthew chapter 9, Jesus had a look around and uh, he lifted up his eyes and he saw multitudes of people. He saw tremendous numbers of people and he burned with a heart for them, for need. I wonder if you burn with a heart for people. I wonder if you burn with a heart for people. Do you burn with a heart for people? Do you see them? Can you just see beyond the outside of people and see what's really there? Can you see that within each person there's a spirit being made in the image of God that has an eternal destiny, either with God in heaven or a destiny separated from them? If you can begin to look at people and see them differently, don't just look at the outside. Don't just look at the character faults and failings and things, but begin to look and see there's a person of value. Oh, there's one sitting next to you on either side. Go and tell them, you're a person of great value. Come on, tell them now. Tell them now. They probably don't know. See? See, the world doesn't really tell you you're of much value. It tells you there's something wrong with you and you need more. And it puts out this advertising program and says, well, if you just had all these things, you'd be a happy person. And, uh, of course, it's a lie. It doesn't make you happy at all. The movie stars have got it all, and yet they're still not happy. Can't make life work at all. So God wants us to have life work. And the Bible tells us when Jesus saw the tremendous, uh, the numbers of people, and he looked into their lives and he saw them, he was moved with compassion. And he made the statement that the harvest is great, but the laborers are incredibly few. In other words, there's a tremendous need for people that will carry God to others. That's what the world lacks, is people who will carry God to those who don't know him. Are you such a person? I don't know what you're going to carry. You'll carry something. You can carry a load of demons if you like. You can carry a negative attitude if you like. You can carry what you like. In fact, you'll carry what you choose. But your destiny and the purpose of God is you carry his presence and you carry his character and you conduct yourself like a person who's important and represents God. Now, the world will try and strip the value off you. It'll try and cheapen you. It'll try and rip you off and, and, until you just end up empty shell. So that's why the pressure to drink, pressure for drugs, the pressure for all these kind of things. See, the pressure's there because the devil wants to cheapen you and take you out of your destiny. God wants to make you more valuable. You hold on to purity, you become more and more valuable. You become more and more rare. Rare things are valuable things. Come on, think about that. The more rare something is, the more valuable it is. So if everything around you, if everyone's going down the, the tracks towards immorality and you stand up, you're, you're rare. You're an unusual person. And that's what God wants you to be, an unusually different person. So Jesus' answer to the problems that are in the community, it's never changed. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1, it tells us that he chose out his disciples. And listen to this. He gave them authority. He gave them what? He gave them authority. That's a legal right to act and speak and represent him. And he gave them authority to accomplish certain things, to preach the gospel. In other words, to make known with power the reality of the kingdom of God. Secondly, to pray for the sick and see them get healed. Thirdly, to cast out demons wherever they found them. Why on earth did Jesus leave all those demons there and didn't just push them into hell? He left them for you and me. He left them for us. He left them for us. 
to do something about. So he gave them authority. So we're just picking up. So I want you to think about this. When the disciples went out, they went out into the community. They were now acting as representatives. See? And Jesus made interesting statements. In verse 40 of Matthew chapter 10, he says this. He said, if they receive you, they receive me. How about that? Now, I want you to see something here, because when I look at this whole issue, I need someone who'll play the part of God. Could you think of anyone better than Ian? Come on, Ian. Come on up here. We're going to get a few people acting out tonight. I want to make this thing a bit visual tonight. If it doesn't get visual, you don't have to do anything except maybe wave your hands a couple of times. We're going to get some others up to act too, so it'll all be good. It'll all be good. So, Ian, all you've got to do is just stand there. It'll be great. And just exude. Come on. This, this is about the best we can get. Is that right? Okay, come on there. Okay, ha, here we are. Okay, so he will be God. All right, then. Now I need someone. Brian, you can be a representative of God. There you go. Come on out. Okay. Come on there. Come on, Brian. Okay, then. Okay, then. What's that hanging off your ear? Oh, it's a, oh I see. He's got, he's got the hotline to heaven. All right, then. Okay, come on over here. Okay. Okay, now, Brian, you see, used to be a bit of a lad. Used to get around to a few things. And uh, yeah, I know, I'm going to get starting to flow now. I know you. <laughs> okay, but then he comes to a point, you see, where he gives his life to Christ. He makes a commitment. Now, come around here. Just find your face here. Okay, face Ian. Face Ian. Come on. Ian is God, remember? So when we talk God, that's where you look. All right? I'm just making this so you can see this. We're going to see it. You'll see it a little better uh, as, we, as, as we just develop all of this. Okay, then. All right, then. All right, then. Now, what you see? Now, I want you to see. So what happens is when he places himself in a relationship with God, now God has a destiny for him to accomplish. So we're going to assume it's all been really on the way, and there he is. Now he's God's representative. Okay. Yes. Now, put your hand on his shoulder. All right, you got your hand on his shoulder. Now, you've got to realize that when Brian comes out to begin to share the gospel and begin to speak and talk about things which are eternal, he's actually representing someone. See? So when he goes, now, come on out here. Okay. You stay back. You stay back. Okay, that's it. That's it. Okay. Okay, then. Now, God is a spirit and is invisible. But you see, Brian is visible. He's a spirit being. He can connect with God. But he's also visible, and he lives in the physical world. And now, he is God's, one of God's tangible representatives. Now, listen to what Jesus said. He said, the way you treat him is how you treat me. Beat up on him, you're going to get me real mad. Jesus told a parable, and he said in the parable, there was a man had a vineyard, and he went to a far off, and then he came. He sent his servant, and his servant went to get the fruit of the vineyard, and they beat up the servant. So he sent a second servant. They beat him up too. They sent a third servant. Finally, they sent his son, and they killed the son. So finally, he comes, and when he comes, it's over for them. You never want it to be over. You always want to respect the servants God sends. So God sends people into our lives. Have we got that part? And so this person, when he comes, provided he listens to instructions, provided he does just exactly what God's called him to do, then when he's speaking and acting on behalf of God, hear this. This is about as good as God speaking to you. Now, you see, the problem is we want to approach God uh, just personally, we don't want anyone else to get in the way, and that's fair enough. So I want to just talk a little bit now and demonstrate to you uh, some ways that God talks to us, how God makes himself known to us. So we're going to get Brian to stand over here. You just stand over there, but I face the crowd, because we're going to get, I need a couple of other volunteers, one to hold a Bible. Oh, come on, one to hold a Bible. Quick, 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 quick. 
Now they were, come on over, just bring your, here, got us. come up and stand up, bring your Bible with you. You'll need your Bible. Okay, got one there. This, we've got one with the Bible. There we go. All right then. Okay then, come on over here and stand here. Okay then, all right then. Now, come on over here, Ian, just stand there. That's right, just about there. Now, there's several ways that God can make himself known to you. Now, I want you just to think about these ways God makes himself known. He uses all of them. He uses all of them. Some I prefer more than others. And we're going to focus on one of them tonight. So we could look at each one of them separately. All right, one way that God makes himself known is his presence and his glory begins to flood the place and touch your life. And you actually feel his presence directly. Hey, I like, do you like that one? That's a good one, isn't it? Who likes that one? Okay, then. That's one way that God touches. I like that one here. Here's another way that God touches us. Okay, put your hand on your shoulder here like that. Okay, now hold up the word. Okay. Now, whenever you get that Bible in front of you, that's God's word to you. See? So you may, you may not experience God's tangible presence, but whenever you hit the word of God, you've got God talking to you. I was talking to, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said uh, Bill Sabritsky went up to the, was invited by Ray Comfort to go up to this uh, uh, rock concert, you see, and he wanted to do it. They were going to do an outreach up there, and they had this tent set up there, and all the tents were there, everyone smoking pot and going off with all this stuff. And, uh, and uh, Bill was trying to get someone to listen to him preach. He couldn't get anyone to respond to him. And so he's standing there, and they're taking no notice of this old fella up there speaking some messages. And so he said, oh, I can't. how do I going to break through this? And Ray Comfort said, real simple, I'll show you how to do it. He said, I want you to get ready with your message. I'll get, them, I'll get the crowd ready. You just get yourself ready. So he said, so what are you going to do? So this is what Ray Comfort did. He went out, and he stood in front of the crowd, held up the Bible here, and he read out of 1 Corinthians 5. And adulterers shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven, neither fornicators nor any unclean person. And he just began to read the word of God. And with that, about 200 people got into an uproar and began yelling, and they became like an angry mob. And then he said, now, Bill, you got your chance to preach the word, all right? That's not bad. The word of God is one way that God makes himself known to us. Have we got it? So God wants to make himself known. He make himself personally by his spirit. He make himself known through his word. Come on around here, Brian. Come on this side. Keep your hand up with that Bible. Put your hand on his shoulder. That's right. There's another way that God can make himself known. And here's another way he makes himself known. is through people he sends into our lives. People he sends into our lives. All right then. Now, the thing is, God can use anyone and all, and he does use anyone and all. The thing is, what we want is we just want to go it alone with God. Just God and me. But the problem is God also has his word and he sends that to us. And he also has people and he sends them to us. And what I want to do is to help you tonight see that how you respond to the people God sends is exactly how you respond to God. And I'm going to show you a few things out of the Bible that will just intrigue you. Because if you can understand this, then what you'll do is you'll start to relook around and you'll start to look at the people God has positioned in your life and see them differently. Now, if I look and I say, oh, it's just old Brian. You know, Brian's not much anyway. You know, I happen to know a few things about Brian. If I start to look and run him down, you know what happens? I then disrespect him. And when I disrespect him, then I'm disrespecting the one who sent him. Remember what Jesus said? I send you. As the Father sent me, I send you. He said, if they receive you, they receive me. If they don't receive you, they don't receive me. Now, what happens is our problem is this. We don't mind God touching us personally, but what we find it offensive is the people God sends into our life. 
Hello? And we're going to just identify a few of them in a moment, show you how they function, what they're supposed to do. We're going to read from the scriptures what they're supposed to do. So if you guys can just stay there, and you can just stay there, you're, you're God, you know, you've got to really influence people. Okay, so we're getting the idea about how God works the word, and he works through his, the presence of his Holy Spirit. He also works through uh, people that he sends into our lives. And so God will send people to you. How many people... Before you came to Christ, had a whole lot of people reach out to you over a period of some time. And what did you do? Were you really nice and glad to see them? Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. Were you really happy to see them? Uh, how many made fun of them? Okay, it's quite a few. How many actually rejected them initially? All right. Okay, now we're getting the idea. And what you didn't see is you couldn't see past the person and see the invisible God who means good for you, who has a purpose for you, who loves you and wants to reach out to you. You couldn't see him at work. You just saw the person and reacted. Yeah, get away from me with that religious stuff. Don't give me any of that religion. But what we didn't say was God behind the person reaching out. And it's still a problem. We, we look at the human people and we don't see God trying to work in our life. And so God doesn't just work directly with us or through his word with us. He works through people he delegates. To delegate means to send someone to speak and act on his behalf. So one of the challenges for us in being able to live our life right and be able to be empowered by God is to recognize not just the spirit of God at work in our life and directly having intimacy with him, We need to also embrace the written word of God because any things that you experience will have their foundation in the written word of God. In fact, if you're getting stuff and you can't find it anywhere there or it's out of line with the Bible, then it's almost certainly ain't God. So the Bible is an authority for us in our life concerning matters of conduct. So if you're not getting much direct from God, just read the word of God. It's all written down there. If you got to know the Word of God, you'd find there's a lot of decisions that are real easy to make because you'd already know what God has to say about it. But there's some things we need to directly have a spirit speak to us. So, for example, if you, if you want to ask the question, should I sleep with that person or not, you read the Word of God. It says fornicators won't go into the kingdom of heaven. You say, well, okay, I'd better not do that then. You have to pray about it. Uh, and, and, and so but maybe you're thinking there, well, what about the person I'm going to marry? It doesn't say anything in the Bible about that. Or what I need is two things. I need one, the spirit of, I need the other references, the spirit of God to talk to my heart. And God will send people to me to help me get this right. Can you listen to them? I had some people, we had a whole group of people whose marriages were in a mess. And we asked them all the one question. Were your parents both happy about your choice of a partner? They said, without exception, no. See? So they felt, I'm in love! Okay? Parents said, no. Who do they listen to? I'm in love! Oh, it's got to be good. It feels good. They just didn't get any wisdom. They didn't actually recognize God's delegated authorities sent to speak and provide protection. So God, you remember, God's plans for us are all good. So when God gives his word, it's not do's and don'ts. It's this is how you make life work. When God sends someone into our life, even if it's a donkey, he can still say something that can help you get your life right. Come on. Come on. Come on. They can still say something. You see, the problem is you've got to look past the person and see God. So if you want to represent God well, you've got to recognize that 
God is going to use his word to speak into your life. He'll speak into you directly in his spirit and also send people to you. Now, whenever you engage human authority, you are engaging the authority of God. Okay? All right, then. All right, now what we're going to do is get you to put the Bible away now. We're going to change that a little bit now. Okay, then. Just stay there. I'm going to need everyone here just for the moment. You put the Bible. Take the Bible back, and then we just keep going. Okay, let's have a look over. Just stay up there, because we're going to need you there in a moment. Okay, I want you to stay with me. I want you to go and have a look in Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. This is a good scripture. Romans 13. Okay, then. Now, I'm going to read a scripture. Then we're going to try and see if you're smart enough to figure out just what that would mean. It's actually a real easy scripture, but let's see. Some people can't seem to get it right. Okay, now verse uh, 13. Let a few souls who feel if they'd like to be subject to the governing authorities. Is that the reverse version? I said, okay. Uh, Let what? Did you have the word every underlined there? Every? Okay, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Okay, let's just pick it up there. Pick it up there. Let's start off. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for, this is the reason why, there's no authority except from God. And the authority exists are appointed by God. All right, now God's got to make the world work somehow. And so he's got to keep it in order. So what he does is government comes from God. So God governs in a number of ways. And he governs, he has physical laws that govern the physical universe. Spiritual laws govern the spiritual universe. He doesn't try to have to figure it out all the time. He just set the laws in place. He doesn't try and keep people. He doesn't try and keep you on the earth. He just set a law in place. Let there be a law of gravity. It's there. So solve the problem. When you jump up, you don't fly off into space. It's simple. See, now, he also has set laws concerning authority because authorities is unnecessary. All right, now, God wants to demonstrate his authority in the earth. So now he's going to bring some people into your life who are authority figures. You've got to realize this. God, who is invisible and lives in the spirit world, must have people to represent him in the physical world. Okay, then. So what are the authorities? So he, he sets in the earth some authority people. In other words, he delegates his authority. Notice what it says. Let's just read it very carefully, and we'll pick it out. There is no authority except from God. So where does authority come from? The right to govern, rule, give direction. It comes from God. Do you like that? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No one likes to be told what to do. Okay, so authority comes from God. All authority comes from God. Okay, then now it says, now God delegates his authority. That means he entrusts some of his rights to govern to certain people. So I want you to identify for me what kinds of people are in your life that you could say they are delegate, they're an authority figure in your life. So it would be pretty easy to fix up some of them. So we'll get this one. He's old enough to be a, a dad, a father. Okay, so parents, mum and dad are representatives of God. Oh, you're choking on that one, aren't you? Come on. I can see some of you really starting to gag now. But I want you to get this because you're going to see some things that are really important for you to position yourself to get things right in your life. So this, this one, he'll be dad, okay? Mum and dad are God's representatives in your life. Why do you need a mum and a dad? Simply because until you grow up and come under God's authority directly by his spirit, by his word, he puts you under authority to protect you from dumb things, protect you from people hurting you, and to provide for you and to develop your character so you're prepared for life. So you need a mum and a dad, not just to help you grow up and provide a place for you to live. You need them 
to be a covering and a protection, and they form an authority in your life. They speak and act on behalf of God. We'll look at that a bit closer in a moment. Well, I think God's also got authority figures. Where else he got them? Hmm? Employers. Okay, we need an employer. There, well, you're an employer. No, we need an employer. So we need someone old enough to be an employer to come on up here. Here we go. Come on, you can be an employer. Come on up here. Come on, that's right. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, come on. Hey, Mark, come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Come on and be an employee. He's a real tough employer, this one here. And uh, he knows how to make people work for their money. Okay, so we've got the home, and now we've got the workplace. Just stand in the middle here. Okay, stand in the middle here. There we are. Look at that. See, here's another one. So you've got one, you've got a dad. As soon as you, then, okay, now what else? Because you, some of you, how many still at school? Aha. Oh, my goodness, a teacher. We need someone to be a teacher. Rachel looks like it. A teachery person. Rachel can gump and bump be a teacher. Okay, come on over here. Okay, okay, teacher. All right, they've got a teacher. And uh, here we are, we've got a youth leader. That'll be one. Someone from the church. And then we need a government official. We need a government official. Who can be a government official? We'll have someone here who looks uh, officious enough to be a government official. Who, who can be a government official? There we are, come on. No, 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 I got one over here. I got one. That's it, Sue. Sue will be our government official. There we go. All righty then. Now, that government official could be anyone from uh, Helen Clark to one of the cabinet ministers or a police officer. Would she make a good police officer, you reckon? Okay, right, okay, good police officer. All right, then, now. So now we've got a line of people now. Now, God, you don't see these people you see. See? So it's very easy to say, well, I just respond to Jesus. Him I don't see. (laughs) The trouble is he's put some people in your life that you do see. So we've got here... Dad, got the boss, employer, got a teacher, we've got a youth leader from the church, and we've got a, and a government official, could be a police uh, person, or it could be a, uh, someone in government given authority. Now, here's, these are people that God places in your life. And here's the, here's the question. Now, let's read the verse again. There is no authority except from God. You say, well, I don't like it. How could she have authority from God? There is no authority except from God, and the powers that be are ordained, or they are set in place by God himself. Okay, then? Now, when you see this, whenever you meet Sue, you meet two things. You meet a person, and you meet God's governing authority. Whenever you meet Brian, a youth leader, you meet a person, you meet God's governing authority. Whenever you meet a teacher, you're meeting a person, and God's governing authority. Whenever you meet here, your boss... You're meeting a person, may have flaws and lacks, but there's still, you also meet God's governing authority. Okay, and here you meet a parent, your father, okay? You meet a person, may have flaws and lacks, but you still meet God's governing authority. Now, here's the, here's the this is the thing that's so hard to swallow. God will stand behind and endorse all of them because he set it all up, even if they goof up. That's the hard bit to swallow. So it says, the powers that be are positioned or put in place by God. Now, it says, it so tells us this, firstly, authority comes from God. Whenever you meet authority, you are meeting the authority of God. And what's in your heart is going to come up. Now, here's the thing. Whenever you meet this one here, whenever you see your dad and you see his authority, you meet the authority of God, and it's going to produce something in you, respect or rebellion. Employer, respect or rebellion. See, the teacher, respect or rebellion. Whatever's in your heart's going to come up when you meet the authority of the person. A youth worker, they're trying to tell you something about your life, your relationship, respect or rebellion. 
Okay, over here, and the police authority, you meet a policeman, uh, a woman, respect or rebellion. See, one or the other is going to come up. And notice what the Bible says. It says, for you, you do this part. You are to position yourself, and the Bible says, be subject. That doesn't mean you lie down and roll over. To be subject means it's a military term. It's to position yourself correctly, to position yourself in right relationship with them, so you can work as a team and cooperate with God's purpose. Say it again. When the Bible says submit yourself, it's saying not necessarily agree with everything they do. It's not necessarily saying they're going to do everything right or even make the, best deci- the right decisions all the time. It says recognize God. Look behind them and see God trying to come and touch your life. Now, what's going to happen is every now and then they're going to speak to you. And they're going to point out things you don't like. And what you've got to do is be able to look past the person and see God is trying to get my attention. What we want to do is we, we start to react. Hey, notice what it is. Let's read on what the Bible says here. It says, whoever resists the authority resists God. So when you start fighting your dad, oh no, you're fighting God. You start to fight your boss. Oh, no, you find yourself fighting God. You start to fight your teacher, you find yourself fighting God. All the time you're still coming to church, swinging such sweet songs and saying how much you love Jesus. And he says, well, that's unfortunate because I've sent a few people to talk to you and you haven't listened to any one of them. Don't even talk to me today. Why would you think I'll listen to you if you didn't listen to the people I sent? You deeply offended and disrespected me. Come on, now you're starting to get to understand this principle. You see, what we have in our mind is this. It's just a sweet line to me and God alone, and I can do without all these other people telling me anything. God says life does not work that way. He's going to send people to us. And these people here may be imperfect. So what we do is we think something like this. Well, you know, Dad ain't so good. You know, he drinks. What would he know? He doesn't, he's not even saved. He hasn't come to church. Listen, I can think right now of someone in here, a young person in our church, his father was unsaved, and there was a a bad relationship starting to form with this young man and someone else, and dad, who's unsaved, said, I don't like this, there's something going on, here's something wrong. See, because God put it in his heart to arise and speak words that would protect. But if you actually take the line, well, he's unsaved. Why do I care? I go to church. I'm the Christian. He needs to get saved. Oh, 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 oh. That's rebelling. That's disrespect. And you ain't going to find it getting so good with you and God now. Because he said, honor your father. Ah! Why? That it might go well with you, that you might receive blessing. So God is going to put these people into your life. Now, notice what it says. Whoever resists or makes a stand against each of these people finds himself standing against God. Now, read on a little further. And it says, will bring judgment upon himself. Now, let's have a look at that bit. Okay, I need someone to play the part of the devil. Hoi, hoi, hoi. I need to look mean. You're going to look really mean. Come on, Danny, you can play the part of the devil. You'll be real good. Uh, come on, Danny, be a devil. He's got the black coat on. That'll do me. Okay, da- Danny can be the devil, all right? All righty, though. There's the devil. Give him a good welcome now. We're ready. Danny's coming up. He's the devil, all wrapped up, disguised so you won't recognize him. Okay, then now, what is the principle the devil works on? 
Hey, God, don't tell me what to do. I will do what I want. So that's his kingdom. Okay, now the devil wants to really neutralize you. I need a young person here. He's going to really... Okay, no, no, one of the teenagers. You've got someone who's... Come on, come on. Here we go. Someone who's a naughty person. Oh, you're a naughty one, are you? Okay, well, you'll do then. Come on. Uh, come on then, up. Okay. All righty then. You just got to stand out. Stand out over here. You don't want to be over near the devil. All righty then. Okay then. Now, come on. You're out over here, all right? Now, you want your life to be a success. Is that correct? Okay, one good thing to do is get to know Jesus. Is that right? Okay, someone will talk to you about Jesus. It turns out here, it's the youth worker. Come on over here. Come on over here. And the youth worker, talk, come on to the youth worker. Yeah, that's right. See, so the youth worker talks to you about Jesus, and there it is. You give your heart to Jesus, and now you've got a personal relationship with him. You're now connected directly to Jesus. See, there we go. Jesus makes you real welcome. Huh? Come on, give her a clap. She gave her heart to the Lord. All right. Okay, then. Now, here's the thing. God is not just want to get saved. God wants you to do something with their life. And you see, the Lord tells us something like this. You see all those people out there, I want to do something through you to touch their lives. You see, the trouble is, though, that if you're going to do that, I've got to grow you up a little bit, see? So I've got a few people in your life I want you to take a notice of. See, there's Dad. Dad's going to keep an eye out for you, see? Is that you're doing some part-time work? Okay, there's, he's going to keep an eye out for you, too. Here we are here. There's a teacher at school. You're still at school. She's going to keep an eye out for you, too. Here we are. Here's a youth worker. He's going to keep an eye out for you. And the policeman's really going to be watching. You break the law, you're in trouble, you know? Okay, then. All right. So this is what God says. He says, he says, position yourself so you're rightly related to all of those people. So what you've got to consider is this. Am I open in my heart to my parent? Can I listen to their counsel? And how do I respond to them correcting me? Because it's as good as God correcting me. Now, whether they're completely right or not is not the point. How they did it is not the point. The point is, can I in my heart let God talk to me through them? Now, we've got an employer. And the employer, well, he doesn't always get it right. But he, he, he will get it right some of the time. Maybe get it right most of the time. Maybe get it right all of the time. That's not the point. The point is, can you let him talk to you? So he talks, he tells you off about coming late. You get a huffle. Who's he think he is anyway? Ah, no, 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 no. Let him talk to you. Okay? And your attitude. So God is going to allow every one of these people to put the pressure on you at some point to see what's in your heart. And the reason God is doing this is these, this is the reason. Here's, here's the first reason. See out here? There's a devil out there, and he's nasty. Come on, you've got to look nasty. Come on, you've got to look nasty, Danny. Come on, come on, come on. Don't grin. The devil doesn't grin. He looks fierce. That's right. Don't look fierce. That's right. That's more like it. He's a scary fellow, okay? Okay, you want to boo the devil? All right, we'll boo the devil. Okay, there we go. All right, then there he is. Now, what he wants, he couldn't stop her getting saved. What he wants is to sabotage her walk. Now, he can only do that if he can do this. I have to get her out from under God's delegated authorities. If I can just get her to come out from God's delegated authorities, she's as good as it's all over, over. Understand that? Now, so what will happen is you've got to decide, I will always keep my attitude right and open, and I'll keep a responsive attitude here. Because if I am under authority, not only am I protected from the devil, but I've actually got authority to speak and act. See? And so it says here, now it says, if you resist the authorities, if you start fighting against them, this is what happens. When you get into a conflict and you get a bad attitude, don't come here under authority, stay over there. What happens is you take yourself out from authority and now the devil can have a go at your life. And he can legally do it. 
And you can say, oh, Jesus, my life is falling to it's a mess and things are going bad. And, you know, nothing seems to happen. And it doesn't seem to come right. And the reason it doesn't come right is because you haven't understood that when you rebelled and when you came against your parent, you actually opened the door for this to happen. And so, you see, now some of you, they get this. I want to speak a bit in your heart now. Some of you come from places and homes that are messy. They're not the way God intended there's not the love and there's not the stability. And maybe there's even been abuse of various kinds. Now, that's where God placed you. You've got the opportunity to grow in there. Don't find an excuse to rebel. Because if you do, you place your hands straight over here in the hands of the devil. Now, so where is she? Where is she? She's buying there. She's really in a mess. Now, you'll find, of course, for teenagers, talk to teenagers. Teenagers, it's normal when you're a young person to be under a parent's authority, then to grow up, and then to begin to start to feel your way into independence. Finally, you, you become, your, your parent becomes a counselor, friend to you. So you've got to transition from being under their authority to being under authority in your own life, having responsibility for your own life. And that's the tricky bit, because we've got better ideas. Okay, so let's come over here, come back again, find how this works. It says, if you rebel against the authorities God's placed over your life, you cause something to happen in the spirit world. You, call your, you cause yourself to be, come out of covering and protection and you come under demonic influence. It's just as simple as that. I couldn't put it any simpler to you. So we've got her standing over here under the authority figures. She's protected, relatively protected from these kind of demonic things. Now the devil's going to send people into your life to try and pull you out. See, so here she is over here, back under authority again. She's really in a great place. Now, the devil maybe can't get you because you think you're doing all right there. You're in the church. You've got a great relationship with the, young, with the youth leader. You've got relationships, doing fine in school. You've got a part-time job. got good respect. So you're doing fine. So what he's got to figure out is some kind of way he can get you to just really come out from, out from the boundaries, come out from being under authority. So what's he going to do? He's got to find some way. So there is a lovely girl. So he needs to get some spunky man, send some man over. Whoa! Okay, have we got it? No, we don't have anyone. I've got to find someone. Okay. Okay, come on, get Jake. Jake's a smart-looking guy. Here we go. Come on, Jake, you'll do for me. Okay. And Jake's, at, for tonight, is totally unsaved, all right? Okay, then. So the devil puts it in. He says, listen, come over here. Look at, look at that girl there. See? Now he says, hey, look, look. See that girl over there? Whoa! Come on. Ho, ho. See? Okay. So stirs him up a little bit. So, ho, ho, ho. So go chatter up, see? So, all right. So we go chatter up. Okay? Get talk, 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 chatter up. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. See? Okay. Okay. And he says, come on. Why don't you come out with me to this party? You know, we're going to have a real good time. Eh? And she says, well, hang on a minute. Now, you know what, and he's putting the pressure. Now, get this. He's putting the pressure on her. Don't be stupid. Yeah, don't be, uh, see, what's happening is she's starting to be influenced by a demonic spirit through a human being, and the attempt is to get her to come out from God's spirit who works through human beings. Now, here's her protection. Ask Dad first. What do you reckon? Now, Dad's going to say, no. Okay. No. Oh, no, 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 no. Now she's in a... Okay, come over here. Stand here. That's like that. Okay, come and stand in the middle now. Now you're in a bit of a dilemma, see? Because now she's heard Dad say something, but this is a real spunky man. And now she's in the dilemma of temptation, see? Now, of course, this seems really good. 
and it seems like she's missing out. But she's not missing out at all. What she's missing out is the devil destroying her destiny. She doesn't see it, though. See, because you don't see the spirit. You just see the person, and you feel the spirit, and the pull strong. Now, she doesn't feel God at all. She's got two things will keep her right. One is the word of God, and the other is the authority God put in her life. So she will just submit to her father's direction. He will safeguard her from potentially a disaster. Now, that's always where the choice comes. He say, well, it doesn't seem fair. Nevertheless, he will look and he will see things she doesn't see because God has placed him in a position to see. And you'll find inevitably when, the, when there's problems in relationship that there's been a breach in this relationship here with the authority. And now the person's left unprotected, vulnerable, and ends up making a mess. Think about that. You see, what will keep her is not feeling the presence of God because she doesn't feel the presence of God at all. All she can feel is the hormones raging and the pull of the crowd. The only thing that will keep her is a decision. I will act on God's word, what it says. I'll honor my father and what he says about my life. You understand that? That's what will keep her. What will keep her is not the feelings. What will keep her is not the youth group. What will keep her is the delegated authorities God has put in her life to protect her. Now, if she says yes to dad and then sneaks out at night, she has now set herself up for a real issue and a real problem. Listen, we, in this church here, I, I've, we're, in the past, we had one young girl sneaked out at night. She died in a car crash. It, and the parents didn't even know because she'd sneaked out from authority and lost her future. If she'd only just stayed under authority, she would have been protected. Now, young people, this is the thing you need to do. You need to recognize those God's put in your life, and you need to position yourself. You make the choice. You make the decision that God will keep me if I will do the right thing and honor them. This is what the Bible says in, in Numbers 30. It says, if a woman makes a commitment... The day her father hears on, this is a young woman who lives in a home, the day her father hears on, he just says, no, you're not going, you're not doing it. Then God will stand behind the dad and cancel her commitment. God will uphold the parent's authority. If you'll just stay over here under authority, if you'll just stay in the place where you've got people can speak into you and it's easy for them to speak into you, you are protected from demonic defilement that comes, believe it or not, through people. Just like God's spirit works in our lives through people. Why does God put these people here? To protect us. Why does God put these people here? To warn us of things we don't see. Why does God put these people here? To help shape our character so we can be productive. So one day as we grow forward, we can begin to find ourselves. And you know what happened? God sees this person is under authority. Got good attitude to father, good attitude to the boss, good attitude to teacher, good attitude to youth worker, good attitude to authority. You know what? That's the kind of person I can put my authority on because they understand what I am like. When you meet authority, you're meeting God. You're meeting his authority. Now, it's got nothing to do with whether these people have got their lives all together or really whether they make mistakes or what they're like. It's actually got to do with seeing past the person to, them, to God has sent them into your life to shape you. If you can respond and see God, God will keep you. I can think of example after example 
where people have submitted to the counsel, direction, and protection of those over them and have kept themselves. I would not be here today if I hadn't done that. See? So God wants us. His goal is to empower us to be effective in our life. Our choice is whether we will form a direct relationship with the Lord, begin to learn his word, and begin to respect the people God has put into our life because they have the ability to see what we can't see and speak into us in a way that will help us. Let me ask you this. Do you have anyone that you let speak into your life? And when they speak and say something you don't like, do you rebel or respect them? You have to choose. Of course, you feel like rebelling. You just make a decision. God, even though I don't agree, even though I'm ticked off, even though I feel like I'm missing out, I'm going to respect what you say to me because you are speaking through this person to me. And what will happen is you will grow. I'll just show you one last scripture, and then we can finish up. Thank you. Let's give everyone a clap. Come on, give them all a clap. It's fantastic. Let's just look at one, one last scripture, and it's found in Luke chapter 2, verse 50. Luke chapter 2 and verse 50. And this is Jesus, and he's a young man of about 12, somewhere probably about the age of 12, 13. And uh, he has gone down to the temple because his calling in his life is to serve God. And therefore, he goes to the place where he can be trained. And uh, his parents became upset because uh, they couldn't find him. And uh, then verse um, 49, why did you seek me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? But they didn't understand the statement that he spoke to them. Now, get this. His parents didn't understand him. Is that relevant to you? Mum and dad don't understand me. You just don't understand me. I've heard that one. Listen, you don't have to be understood. What you've got to learn to do is to have a right attitude. See? And so it says here, but he, then he went down with them to, Jer- to Nazareth and was subject to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and men. And notice this. When Jesus was faced with a conflict between what his natural parents wanted and what he wanted, which he felt his father in heaven had for him. He submitted to his natural parents. God endorsed that. And Jesus grew. How did he grow? He grew in stature. That's physically grew, but he grew in wisdom. That's the capacity to make great decisions in life. He grew in wisdom. It's not just a naturalism. He got the anointing of wisdom from God in decisions for his life. Second thing he grew in, he grew in favor. That means God was impressed. What impressed God? He had a good attitude to his parents. And when he faced a conflict between what he wanted and what his parents wanted, he had a good attitude to them in it. He was subject to them. He positioned himself so he could cooperate with them. And finally, he grew in favor with men. Isn't that interesting? That a rebellious person... No one likes them. But a person who's got a great attitude, they seem to have favor with people. You get upset, you, you know, you get offside with your parents, you'll find the rules will increase. Isn't that a crazy thing, isn't it? You cooperate with them and have a right attitude, you find after a while, everything changes. You get a cranky attitude against your boss, and funny, the boss gets a cranky attitude about you. You see, if you want to grow in favor with people, then what you've got to do is position yourself right so you've got a right attitude to God and to those he's placed over you. What a tremendous thing. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. What a great thing. Why don't we just close our eyes right now and just finish up now. 
Father in heaven, we thank you. You are positioning us in our lives for much greater impact. You want us to carry your anointing, your presence, to carry your authority and to be able to shift demonic powers, to be able to have influence in our community, to displace the works of darkness. And Lord, we understand how important it is for us to remain undercover. Just while our eyes are closed and heads about, I wonder any person here tonight, you've never actually done the most important thing in your life, which is to give your life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says that people are born into this world separated from God. That separation and doing things our way is called sin. That we just walk our own way, do our own thing. But there's an emptiness and a lostness. God has put eternity in your heart. Something will never be satisfied with what's outside you. You need a relationship with God. Jesus came to show what God is like and to make it possible for us to come into relationship with God through faith in Him. If there's any person here tonight ready to become a Christian, to become a Christian is to become a follower of Jesus Christ. It's to place your life in His hands. It's to yield to His leadership. It's to trust that when He died on the cross for your sins, all the power and penalty of that was broken. And God would declare you free. God made you for a fantastic purpose. But you can't fulfill it unless you discover him. And the only way you discover him is by beginning a relationship with him through faith in Christ. You here tonight and you're willing to give your life to Jesus. Jesus said to everyone who received him, he gave power to become a child of God. Are you ready to receive Jesus tonight? Become a child of God. Become part of God's family. You have to make a commitment. I will receive Jesus. I will trust my life to him and trust him to save me. If you'll do that tonight, then you'll come into relationship with God for eternity. Is there any person here tonight? Just raise your hand right now. Just say, that's me. I'm ready to become a Christian. I want to give my life to Jesus. Any person here now just ready to make that commitment, that decision? Any person? Any person, the most important decision you'll ever make is to give your life to Jesus Christ. My just second question I want to ask is this. I wonder tonight, as I've talked about this issue of authority and the right to govern, that's what authority is. And you realize that actually you're very independent. You love to govern your own life, do your own thing. And God has been speaking to you tonight about your attitude. Maybe it's to a father or a mother. Instead of honoring, you disrespect them. Maybe it's to a teacher. Instead of honoring, you disrespect them. You can't, all you can see is the person. You can't see past and see God trying to change your heart. Maybe it's some other kind of authority figure. Maybe it's even with one of the youth leaders. Or maybe you know in your heart that God's saying, listen, you need to put these matters right. You need to actually open up your heart and come under authority. You submit yourself. I'd love tonight for people who are feeling in their heart, I need to do this. And it may be that some of you need later on to go physically to the youth leader and someone who's over you, maybe to a parent, and put it right. I can remember when God spoke to me about this. I went to my boss and I said to him this. I said, I wonder if I can have an appointment to see you for it. It'll only be about 10 minutes. It's a very important issue. And so I went in to see him. He was a Christian. I said, I'll get directly to the point. Because you're Christian, I know you'll understand this. God has been speaking to me about my attitude in a certain area of the work that I do. And 
And I realize that I have not only neglected it, I've been reluctant to do it. I've actually disliked the paperwork and all that goes with it. And that I've frustrated you and your goals. And, and I haven't been a help. I've actually been a hindrance to you. And God has shown me my attitude was wrong in resisting you. And I've come to apologize. I've come to ask you to forgive me. And I've come to give you my word that I'll do everything I can to get everything in on time. I really want my life to have God's blessing. And I know I need to make a change. And he, sit, he sat there like a stunned mother. I don't think in his whole life he's ever had anyone do that to him. It brought me great favor and eventually it brought me promotion through that same person. I wanted to know that there's someone you need to go to and need to put it right. I'm sorry I've been resisting. I, I realize that my attitude has not been right. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I really do want to cooperate. Some of you, young people, it's been with your parents with boundaries they've set. You know you've breached them and got away with it, you think. But you don't know when. The one time you think you got away with it is the time the devil strikes at your life. You want to position yourself for God's blessing. Why don't you make a decision in your heart? Number one tonight, come forward and put this thing right with God. For some of you, God may speak to you to go and put it right with a parent, maybe your mother, your father, maybe a teacher. I remember having to do that with a teacher as well. God, these things. Talk about eat humble pie. And I just had to do it. I knew I had to do it. You know, I'd taken some, some stuff from school and I'd taken it home. And God convicted me. That's not your stuff. You need to deal with that. I went back. I had to apologize. I stole some stuff from school. They just said, oh, it's junk. We don't want it anyway. But it wasn't the point. God wanted me to humble myself and get my heart attitude right. How about that? <laughs> I wanted you tonight. You know God's speaking to you about just placing yourself under his personal authority and under his delegated authority. If you felt God speak to you about that tonight, just come quickly forward. Just come and either kneel or stand at the front and just begin to worship the Lord. Say, Lord, tonight I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Lord, I realize I argue a lot. And I resist a lot. And I realize my attitude sucks. I've really got to do something about it tonight. I'm coming to you. Come on, come. Come. The people tonight need to come and put this issue right. Put it right before God. Come tonight. Just come. Just come. Make your way to the front. Just stand at the front. Say, God, I really want to put my heart attitude right. I really realize I'm seeing that there's a lot of rebellion. There's a lot of independence. I just do my own thing all the time. And I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to be a person that has the blessing of God. I want to be like Jesus that was able to yield inside instead of fighting and, and enjoy the blessing that God brought. Come on, there's others need to come. Why don't you come now? Just come now. Some of you perhaps it's with your father. Some with a mother. Some are maybe with a school teacher. Some are maybe an attitude to the police. You say, God, I want to put it all right tonight. Lord, tonight's my night to put it right. Just come. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come on. Come now. Come now. Say, the moment you see a police officer, immediately your attitude to authority is going to come up. You need to get, get a handle on this. Get this thing sorted out. Recently, we had a visit from some inspectors from the education department. I told the staff, I said, these are ministers of God to us for good. We honor them and value them. We don't agree with everything. We don't have to. Neither we have to disagree. We just need to honor them and receive them. Okay? It's an attitude of heart. It's an attitude that understands the kingdom.